Colin had a problem and a microphone to spare. Thomas took it up and so the podcast went to air. For weeks and months they trolled through every single DVD. They've unwrapped all the ones they can and now they're cellulose free. Now they're cellulose free. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Cellulose Free. My name is Colin, and with me, as always, is my fellow film watcher, compadre, and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. What have you been up to? Um, I, uh, gra- grace, gracefully, gracefully is the wrong word. I uh, eagerly watched the preceding days of the uh, council elections, uh-huh. and they all managed to get wrapped up. Rather quickly. I did, and you slept through the important one. Yep, I slept through the call for the <laughs> councillor election here in Clarence, and also the one in Hobart, but I wasn't as worried about the one in Hobart. No, no, and uh, after all our crossing of fingers and toes, it was a bit of a mixed bag result-wise. Mm, mm-hmm. The council as a whole has shifted left. Yep. But added a recent One Nation candidate. Uh, which is a monster raving right wing. Mm. Well, look, I, I cannot judge that that is what she is like. Mm. But as a party, yes, they, they do have a propensity <laughs> to be monster raving right wing loonies. You signed up for it and you get the association. Yeah. And uh, a right wing mayor who... Massively improved their council primary vote. Interestingly enough, the person who came second for mayor received the most votes mm. for being a councillor. So he was more popular for that, but not as popular as being mayor. Electoral mechanics. Indeed. Bizarre. And then on Monday, the meeting cycle continues as it was before. It is completely uninterrupted by the fact that an election has just happened. Completely uninterrupted. Hubert and possibly some other councils are not quite doing that. They're taking some time away to train their new councillors. See, that makes more sense to me, mm. personally. But uh... but it, it it does raise some questions for me about how they're going to meet uh, their legislative requirements, which is that they must have at least one regular meeting every month. Ah, yep, okay. But Hobart meets every two weeks anyway, and they're only taking the one meeting off, so they'll probably be fine. They'll probably be fine. What have you been up to? Uh, Nothing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's been a bit of a weird week, and... uh... Yes, a bit of a blur of nothing. So let's let's raise our spirits by watching mm. a film. Uh, well, what what I have here is is not a film. What I have here is a book. <laughs> Thomas is not holding the traditional uh, DVD or Blu-ray case. It is a quite a well presented booklet and Blu-ray disc collection that was kindly provided to me by dear listener Lee after he upgraded certain films in his collection to 4K. I inherited some of his Blu-ray collection, which was very kind of him. And here is a film. Here is, here here is, is a, a book. Here is a book. 
with without its original slipcase, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm guessing so. I don't think there's a barcode or is there a barcode on the back? Nope. Oh. <laughs> I wonder how I put it into the uh, category. I probably looked it up. Sounds like something you'd do. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? We digress here, talking about this book slash collection of Blu-rays. What are we watching today? We are watching Jaws. Uh, no, we've done that, haven't we? Did we do it? Yes, we did that last week. We did. I think we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, we did. Okay, um, please, can you uh, find a <laughs> a plot synopsis anywhere so that you can tell our dear listener who has been living at the bottom of the deep blue sea what actor biographies Jaws is all about? Shooting and scoring the shark, including a crop of the original blueprints. <laughs> Storyboards, no, none of this is a description, no, no, that's that's a monologue from the film. Those are posters, this is the legacy of the film, not especially useful, and there's a, an imprint, or possibly, no, those are citations, lovely. No, I don't have a description for Okay, um, it's all about... A thumping great shark. Yeah, big shark makes people scared and... and Run out of the water. Mm, apart mm. from those who don't. Yes, those who go into... The exact opposite. They go into the water in order to deal with the shark to varying levels of success. See, this is why we usually read the plot synopsis off the back mm. of the case. But I'm not bringing it up. Thomas isn't going to bring it up. No. He is, however, going to take the disc out of its case. He's going to put it into the machine, and we're going to watch it. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Turn to side port. <laughs> Stop it! Oh, we're going to need a bigger boat. We are. Roll the tape. So, what did you think? Yeah, that I I enjoyed that. It's it, it's a bit slow, but it does get there. I find it, and this was a thought that came to me whilst I uh, went for my my little men's room break mm-hmm. between having watched the film. It is slow in places, but it reminds me very very much of someone who is reeling in a big fish, mm-hmm. where. You have the moment of frantic winding and then letting the line go again and then frantic winding again. And, letting, and it happens so many times in this film where you, you get a, a slow breather and then get really tense and then have a slow breather again and then really tense. It really, for me at least, was an up and down adrenaline rush where those slow bits were a moment to to catch your breath, and then it, it's reeling again. <laughs> it's mm. Is there an argument to be made that pacing a thriller is the same as pacing a comedy? And more to the point, is this a comedy as well as a thriller? Oh, I'm not going to participate in that uh, that debate uh, because. 
I feel that I misrepresented or maybe even misunderstood and misconceived the idea of a slasher film last week mm-hmm. uh, and and suggested similar suggestions of, of films that, that could be slasher films that on looking back and, and reconsidering what really constitutes a slasher film, um, I, I was talking nonsense. So you you can, you can yes, there there are some funny bits in it. Mm-hmm. But does that make it a comedy, or does that make it that moment of relief uh, that I was talking about earlier? <laughs> the the thing is, the bits that I actually found funny were not the bits of relief. Oh, okay. It was the things happening. Uh huh. Right. It did still work for me as a thriller, uh-huh. but as I was watching it, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you just got your comeuppance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I think that that was quite deliberate. Mm-hmm. And yet you also felt a, a bit bad as well. But yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and they they then rubbed it in again a little bit more when the two who survived contemplated that very briefly <laughs> and then moved and, on. <laughs> and and more so than that, I can't help but be amused by the shark just keeping coming back. <laughs> yeah. They think they have a reprieve mm-hmm. and then it's behind them. <laughs> I don't think that I have ever fully appreciated... And I'm going to go on record now as saying that I think this is a masterpiece. And I've I've never thought that before because I think it's been so long since I last saw it. And I don't think I fully appreciated then that I think the timing is great. I think the Mm -hmm. pacing is great, let alone the fact that it was made in 1975 when there are certainly films after it that had much more serious pacing issues. I I thought it was very deliberate in its pacing for the betterment of the the Mm -hmm. film. And, yeah, I I think it is a masterpiece. And and I possibly... um, I, I use that praise of a film quite seriously you know Mm -hmm. i I don't say that of many films Uh, and i know that people have said that of jaws and i've certainly heard it many times since i last saw it and i thought is it is it watching that today i embraced that the label of masterpiece i think is is quite fitting and i i feel bad about not recognizing that sooner that that being said you've got to remember that my very very first experience of this film would have been when i was possibly 11 or 12 Mm -hmm. standing in one of the first video rental stores that had opened locally and they had a what for then was a very large screen, but nowadays it was it was tiny. Crazily, they had with with kids walking in and out of this store, Jaws playing, mm-hmm. and 
I was absolutely mortified uh, standing there watching that that beginning. It isn't a slow start to this film, let's put it that way. It it gets right into things happening and things drastically happening. And I was shell-shocked having watched that first scene as a kid and then the next time was a fair fair bit older but still a teen in a swimming pool with it showing on a big screen um (laughs) and i think i only ever saw it as a film sitting down once and i probably would have been in my 20s then and it would have been on a small screen and it would have been um pan and scan certainly wasn't widescreen so I think this is the first time that I've seen it anywhere near close to how it was intended to be watched. I would like to go on record as saying that, in full, high definition, the shark holds up. Isn't that bizarre? That was my biggest fear, was that that is going to be the thing that is going to show its age. But it holds Mm -hmm. up. Yeah, yeah, you you know that, but but you still felt in in that those moments of um, of munchiness, mm-hmm. uh, those those teeth. There wasn't a need for suspension of disbelief because you know this is a model. Mm-hmm. Um, you just in the the intensity of that, you forgot that entirely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, held up. Very, very well. And from what little I recall of the story behind, there, there were, they called the models Bruce. There were two of them, yep. the Bruces. And 1975, they were a quarter of a million dollars each. And one broke, uh, or sorry, one sank as soon as they got it into the water. And then the hydraulics blew up. So mm-hmm. they were left with one and... They had all sorts of problems, and shooting got extended, and costs blew out. And but it still holds up. There are only a few moments where I certainly was slightly taken out of the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but for ninety nine percent of those shark shots, where now now after we've watched it, we can recall again that yes, that it was a thumping great model. But in the the midst of it, yeah, held up completely. (sighs) And adrenaline rush, I've still got that that feeling of adrenaline. I certainly thought back at the the slasher film that we watched last week. And yes, Mm -hmm. uh, admittedly, that was a comedy as well. But I certainly jumped more in this than in a film that ostensibly had jump shots and i I know that you jumped once i jumped once yeah again at the clearly telegraphed yes jump (laughs) we both jumped at the main big one i think we could class it as the main big jump scare yeah the face yes yes and i think that was the moment where i realized that i don't think i could really say that i have sat down and watched this film um, and appreciated enough because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure I would have remembered that bit and I was completely unprepared for it. It wasn't a case of jumping because I was expecting it. It just, yeah. Let's talk about themes. Themes. Hmm. Themes. Um, in the film, mm-hmm. Man in Black, Kay says to Jay as he's 
mulling over whether he wants to do Men in Black. Yeah. A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals. <laughs> and you know it. And and nowhere is that more apparent than the beach on the 4th of July weekend. Yeah. When a hoax shark appears in the absolute crowd of people who are in the water and they all just crush towards the beach. Yeah. I confess to to feeling a, a little discomfort having in recent weeks uh, an incident um, involving a crowd crushing uh, that killed a number of people and watching that scene made me think that that is also entirely realistic in that people as as a group are completely unpredictable as far as how they're going to react um, and and a, a hard thing to watch knowing that my own instincts in a, a situation like that if if my kids were out swimming you would be you suddenly become focused on only either just yourself or the kids that you're, you're trying to rescue and and that focus uh, is what everyone else's focus at the same time is but they're heading in other directions and yeah it's a recipe for disaster and the film is very much playing on that idea of of fear and I was very, very young when this film came out uh, at the cinemas, but I was very conscious of an increase in fear of going into the water mm-hmm. uh, of people around me and the Jaws theme, even though I'd never seen the film uh, at that stage. I knew the Jaws music. <laughs> Cultural osmosis is yeah. a hell of a thing. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we were, I guess, lucky in a way in that, in Australia at least, it wasn't summer when this was released. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the downside of it, or upside, or... Uh, I, I don't. I will not judge in, in this situation, but because of the extended filming time due to various things going wrong, this film in the US was meant to come out for Christmas in the middle of winter, <laughs> um, but it got delayed such that it was a summer film, and <laughs> it certainly uh, had an impact that particular year and still extended on even though um, it would have been shown here in, in winter. The following summer certainly would have been a hesitancy and I'm quite sure that the first experience that I had of somebody going would have been at the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Other themes. Yeah. <laughs> Quince, tail, smacks of Moby Dick. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely smacks of Moby Dick. Um I am surprised that they, but I'm glad that they didn't, go one step further in the boat naming. They called the boat Orca, but um, it could well have been called the Great White Whale or Moby Dick. Or even just go straight there and call it the Pequod. And why not call him Ahab, you know, it's... uh, (laughs) But it was, I'm sure, a quite deliberate nod. Um, and, and the actor who played him... Sorry, what, what was his name? The, the captain? Uh, Quint. 
Yeah, um, he was an English actor and uh, very much sought after as a, as an actor at that time. And he died quite young, yeah, only a couple of years after this film was made. He was only 51 when he died. I felt that he possibly hammed it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it possibly went over the line occasionally, but uh, yeah, I, <laughs> what do you do? Uh, especially when they were aiming for that feeling of you know getting his comeuppance (laughs) because he he made some ridiculous mistakes um and Mm -hmm. and speaking of the overconfidence of men this uh, film is also a cautionary tale in local government Is it? Would, is it just? Would, wouldn't you believe it? All this talking about local government we've been doing in this, these past few episodes, and here, on a plate, I am handed an illustration <laughs> of exactly the thing that I fear. Uh, what, a, a mayor wearing a suit with anchors on it? I, what, what I'm talking about is the overriding of the interest of a community... Yeah. With business interests. Yes, yeah. The mayor of Animity Island is so singularly focused on the success of the 4th of July regatta and the town's summer plans that it doesn't even cross his mind that he should do anything for the safety of the town until it happens in front of him. Yes, it was a, a risk that he was uh, willing to take because he wasn't prepared to accept that the risk was actually there. And Sp- Speaking of risks that he took, it certainly aged the film having him smoking inside a hospital. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And now we have elected who I would consider to be a similar sort of mayor. Yes. Yes, I was making a mental comparison there mm-hmm. time. Would you believe the election just having happened, that man is fresh in my mind. Oh, very strange. Very strange indeed. Uh. I've got to ask, whilst, whilst it's in my mind, mm-hmm. mentioned the up and down adrenaline rush and the, the jump scares and, and, and what have you, there was one intense moment that I was totally focused on the screen, so I didn't get to see whether you reacted in the way that I did. But did you duck when that barrel came towards the window of the boat? I did not. Right. <laughs> it, it, it does take, and I think I did it a couple of times, where I, um, I moved to get out of the way of something. I can fully understand why they thought it was a good idea to make Jaws 3D. Mm. Because that particular film had me veering left and, and, and ducking for things coming at me on a 2D screen. So, yeah, it was... <laughs> All right, sorry. Um. <laughs> uh, the, the last note that I have is just to remind me about those small moments of sound design. Mm. Forget about the score. The score is, and this might be controversial, all right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Apart from its iconic Mm. bit, I found some of it really didn't quite match with the, I don't know, 
No, what I like here is the moments of sound design. Yeah. And particularly when we were on the beach on the 4th of July and bobbing in and out of the water and just getting that yeah, in and out in deadening. And out, in and out, yep, yep. And that was sound design because it would have had to have been done post-production. It, it did win an Academy Award for sound design, I think. It won three Academy Awards for Best Film Editing, yep. Best Original Dramatic Score, yep. and, and Best Sound. sound. Yep. sound just absolutely brilliant. It, it was layered and nuanced, and, and the silences were also just mm-hmm. as important. One of those sounds, the clicking of the reel, everything else is silent, not entirely silent. You, you've got just enough background water wash to know mm-hmm. that you're still on a boat and a slight creaking of the boat as well. All of that would have been layered. But that was all background to what would be a very quiet noise of that reel suddenly starting to click through its ratchet um, mechanism as the the line is just starting to be pulled. And Brody sitting over there playing with the rope not even paying attention. No, no. But then you start... <laughs> and then he finally gets it, <laughs> shouts, and we're off to the races. Yeah. Speaking of other little things, that, that uh, this wasn't a sound thing, but you had the stick in the water mm-hmm. um, and the absence of dog. It, it's leaving things to the imagination. And there are a number of times where... Things were left to the imagination and your brain was allowed to join the dots rather than having absolutely everything shown to you. Like, the first victim, the most we see of her after the event is her hand. Yeah. And yet, I still (laughs) have that, her being dragged back and forth um, Mm -hmm. like a rag doll. That was the bit that traumatized me as a kid Mm -hmm. standing in that video library it was just my goodness this is awful (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and and, uh, it's probably doubly awful because as a kid i had two near drowning incidents one being in a uh, stuck in a rubber tire that had flipped so i was upside down in the rubber tire and by chance somebody noticed and and raced in and and dragged me out and another time was at uh, Kingston Beach at Brown's Rivulet uh, Lagoon area where there was a sudden drop-off so I was walking in the shallows and then took a step and was in over my head and again or or rather didn't take a step yeah yeah um so (laughs) Having not having a great confidence in water and then seeing Mm -hmm. that is just, yeah. That being said, Uh how many times have I said that in this episode? (laughs) That being said, I have gone kayaking up the East Coast and was kayaking in very, very shallow waters, kelp and seaweed underneath, and then got jolted from underneath and had a shark continue on its, on its merry way. It had no intention of attacking me or anything like that, but uh, yeah, kayak jolts and, and then I 
see this. Um, it would have been maybe the length of the kayak. So, but in, in severe shallows, I, I then paddled along to the beach and told everyone, ah, I don't want to be a killjoy, but um, yeah, this is what just happened. And everyone got out of the water. So. <laughs> Presumably with a little more tact and grace than, yes. than the crowd. <laughs> yes, yeah. But that gave me a scare. <laughs> um, what have you still got over um, there? Okay, just... We should mention the Dolly Zoom, mm-hmm. which up until this was more well known as the Hitchcock shot mm-hmm. um, from uh, Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this has become more famous. So, or, or certainly is more present in people's minds for a long period of time. I think this film is watched more often recently than Vertigo possibly is. And speaking about Zooms, I said that it won an Academy Award for editing. In that same scene, the repeated person walking across shot, wipe to slightly more zoomed in shot. Very, very good. Yeah. And I like. Yeah. That also comes um, to... A very tight control of what could have been a very hard to control set. Mm-hmm. People ostensibly everywhere, but the the directions uh, must have been very very well thought out. Um, storyboarding must have been very very tight for this because the continuity of those crowd scenes nightmarish. Thomas is uh, looking at the book. I remember that there were storyboards in here somewhere. All right. The shark not working was a godsend, says Spielberg. Oh, oh good. It made me become more like Alfred Hitchcock. When I didn't have control of my shark, it made me kind of rewrite the whole script without the shark. (laughs) (laughs) And so they showed less of the shark. Yeah, I think that's where Alien excels in the show less to feel Mm -hmm. more. Yep, there are definitely... Oh, yes. Yeah, some storyboard some storyboards going on there. Cool. Um, I think that's just about all I've got. Oh, apart from the um, the double layer of claustrophobia, as that boat shrank, it already felt like it was a tight ship as far as claustrophobia-wise. <laughs> the outer edges of it were precarious. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of space in the back. There was the narrowest of, of, of at the front, and, and the cabin was small, and yet you never felt the camera crew behind you. No. But you felt claustrophobic. It, it, it was, and, and then as the boat sank, it got smaller and smaller and more claustrophobic, and then it took it another step further in climbing inside a cage. Mm-hmm. So it it is incredible how you can get that feeling in a space that is completely wide open. Yeah. But it's the ocean and yeah, it's yeah. awful and it wants to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Which again brings me back round to it is a masterpiece and I again feel that guilt for for not recognizing it sooner and so, I do now. The moral of the story, why does anyone go anywhere? 
Yeah. It's all awful and terrible and wants to kill you. Exactly. Which is why I'm a hermit. (laughs) Do you have anything else to say about Jaws? No, I do not have anything else. So next week we're watching Jaws 2. And the week after that we're watching Jaws. Now I'm getting the 3D glasses out. All right, we shall move on. The following segment is currently on fire. Have a nice day. Entuosferatu. Hi, Entuosferatu. Says, I need to watch Happy Death Day, but not the second one. I'm definitely more of a fan of unexplained time loops like Groundhog Day or loops where the explanation is quick techno babble that doesn't actually matter, many a stars trek. <laughs> or, or I guess where the technical details of the loop matter a lot to the story, uh, such as Primer though I'm still not sure I understand the timelines there. I I have seen Primer. I have not. And no, no, the timelines are pretty complex Right. in that film. I think it was on SBS On Demand, Uh possibly. Or maybe on one of those niche streaming services. Ah, those those niche streaming services. Possibly one that I have access to through the library. Ah. But I can't remember, and I'm now looking it up. I'm already onto it. Okay, then I won't. Uh, Tubi. Which is free and ad-supported, so that'll be how I did it. (laughs) Yep. And that set off a discussion about time loops. Because okay. it would. Did did Looper come up? Uh, so initially, uh, Entwosferatu had said Looper instead of Primer. Right, yeah. But meant Primer. Right. And so the message has been edited to say Primer <laughs> okay. now. good. He says he definitely didn't mix up Primer and Looper. <laughs> <laughs> the mechanics of the loop in Primer are definitely very clear. And well explained, but the way that the loop itself is unfolding gets very messy towards the end. Okay. So, do I check it out? I mean, I... I I have marked it as onto my watch list, so... But my watch list is very big. (laughs) My brain is very small. I enjoyed it, but I think you need to be ready to be confused a bit. Right. Uh, right. Which I'm told may be difficult for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when I think of the number of times in a row that I watched Inception and still couldn't remember what, what was going on. Well, your problem there is that you're watching a Christopher in, Nolan That film. is true, yes. He's made some good stuff, but... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, thank you, Entuosferatu. Did you have anything else to say? Not from Discord, no. no. Uh, on Facebook... Yes. Hi, Helen. Helen <laughs> says, I'm going with HPYDTH. And what else could it be? Could be a lot of other things. But that's what it is. This week, about which I am not confident... Because uh, I, I think it could have been other things. Yes. Because um, there are three words there are. in the title of that film, yeah. and that only represents two. But it was correct. But it couldn't be Happy Day. That's... Oh, Happy Day? <laughs> oh, Happy Day. 
when Jesus walked, when Jesus walked, when Jesus walked, when Jesus walked, etc. Isn't it washed? What was that? Is it walked or washed? Washed, yes. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. And then silence for like a beat and then back into it. Anyway. Okay. That, that that digression yes. was entirely my fault. It was. Helen, uh, well done, Helen. Helen continues, let's face facts, BXTRLS was obvious. Yes. And surely next Don't week... Don't call me Shirley. Surely next... Don't call me Shirley. Surely <laughs> next week, Roger, Roger. which is to say this week's movie, doesn't have enough letters. <laughs> which doesn't necessarily have to be... <laughs> I'm just showing Thomas what I, what I selected Which didn't necessarily have to be a problem <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can have short names on that, right? Uh, yes, um, yes, yes, I'm sure you can Dear listener, it is not just the word Jaws as it appears verbatim in the title of the film Jaws and for further hinting, dear listener, it isn't da-da, spelt D-A-H, D-A-H. Helen continues, I don't think I've watched a slasher film unless you count the Black Knight scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> um, yeah, see, that doesn't count either. No. That's not a slash... Yeah. No. My, my further getting my head into the whole slasher space, uh, no, it doesn't. Helen concludes, <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that the Amstrad was mine. Oh, the homework we put it to. Oh, didn't we just? Like Elite. <laughs> yes. Now, now, see, my my first elite experience, in air quotes, was um, Space Trader. Well, the Amstrad version, it played the Blue Danube, just like in 2001. I don't believe all ports of the game actually had that. And Space Trader was inspired. Yes. (laughs) Anyway. For, for the Palm, back when... Oh, that's right. Mm, yes. Like, originally produced for the Palm. <laughs> now it has ports for... I should put this on my tablet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a choice that won't come back to bite me, is it? <laughs> that's it from Helen. <laughs> oh, thank you, Helen. And now we go over to oh, YouTube. Oh, it's going to be awful to edit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hi, Dunkle. This this is what happens when you you supply a film that has things to talk about. Yeah, that's right. Which is to say that I am explicitly blaming you and <laughs> only you. It's all my fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dunkle says... Hi, Dunkle again. Across six comments. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, can you just count those again? 
six comments. Right. right. Uh, I I missed some of these. I think I only saw the first two. That Discord may not be dark, but it is damp, (laughs) uh, which is a reference that I get. But I don't. And that's fine. (laughs) Oh, I see. You're, You're not going to... Nope. Right. It, it gets dark then. It it came it came across the the, the reference that was being made uh-huh. came across to me. Dunkle put it down and you picked it up. And and I am glad that my friend in the open air gazebo, which is not the reference no. but is close to the reference, can communicate with me in such secret ways. <laughs> Uh, Dunkel, as an addendum to that, says that she uses Discord in light mode, but is rating this comment in YouTube dark mode. <laughs> oh, dear. Comment number three. Yes. Jowls. 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 Hey, we should be able to determine where Dunkel resides from how it's pronounced. <laughs> Well, Is it, it won- New York? It, it won't help because <laughs> she's left a fourth comment with another spelling. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is getting in early, isn't it? Mm. Uh, comment number five. 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 That's five fingers that I'm holding up and five. not four, <laughs> which, which I did initially. Right, good. But five. Haddada. Oh, mm, yeah, no. No. Ha- happy Daddy? No. That seems wrong too. Yeah. H P Y D T H. And Dunkel's final comment reads I found the closing bit enjoyable. Oh, I'm trying to think what the closing bit was last week. Um, I'm. I feel like it might Was it have the been... the musical interlude? It might have been the theme from Jaws, possibly. Right. Yeah. I edited the thing. I should remember what it was. Yeah, but it was over six days ago It was, now. yeah. Thanks, Dunkle, for that. And that uh, is the end of the very eight, 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 ninth. Ninth. Ninth last. Ninth last, yes. Untitled segment. Indeed. We are grateful that you have joined us. We hope that you can join us next week when we watch... Oh, don't know. (laughs) It's a great question. Uh, We won't know unless we do this segment. Pick a film for next week. So we can go to bed. And it's your turn. Okay. Let me pull up a quick filter and pull up the categories. Thomas's final eight. And then click all all the ticks. And then I need to decide if I want to pick one because the list is short enough that I could just do that. You could. Uh, It's too hard though, isn't it? How long is that film again? (laughs) It's two and a half hours long. Ay, ay, ay. It's slightly longer than two and a half hours long. But it is on my list. It is. And we have to get to we it do. eventually. And you, you seem to be gravitating towards mm. that. Well, I've got to gravitate towards it eventually, don't I? Yes. And this film... And it's not gravity because that's only an hour and a half long. No. And 
We've already watched it for this podcast. Yes, I'm sure we have. I am quite <laughs> sure we have. <laughs> oh, dear. <sighs> they may not be able to remember everything that we've done on this podcast, but... Or, or even most things. Most things, I think, we can't remember. Or even most things that have happened... In this episode, you really are trying to are make this hard right to edit, now. aren't you? <laughs> this film is listed on the My Movies database as an action adventure comedy family musical. Although I'm not entirely sure I agree that it's a musical. Action adventure family musical that's two and a half hours long? Mm hmm. Oh. It is a Warner Brothers yeah, blah, blah. film from blah, blah. 1965. I was going to say, it would have to be fairly old. Okay, is it... Uh-huh. The Great Race. It is The Great Race. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that musical is is questionable. That is, yes, d- dubious. <laughs> yes. What was his name? The Great... The Great Leslie. Leslie, yes. Up against Professor Fate and (laughs) Max. (laughs) Oh, dear. Excellent. For those of you who are unaware of the rather convoluted but straightforward plotline of The Great Race, would you please share it with our dear listeners? Crank your engines with a roar, sputter and pop and more Academy Award-winning best sound effects, drivers wheel westward in wacky turn-of-the-century autos for a New York-to-Paris race. Ahead lie 20,000 miles, a barroom brawl, a sinking iceberg, 2,357 pies in the face, and incalculable laughs. It's a laugh fest. Or it's meant to be. Can't remember. I do remember it is long. It is. And I guess we'll find out exactly how long next week when we watch The Great Race. We hope that you can join us. But until then, we'll catch you next time. Bye. You have been listening to Cellulose Free. Your hosts were Colin, who produces and edits the show, and Thomas, who makes the artwork and music. Cellulose Free is recorded in the Deranged Cat Studios in scenic Tasmania, Australia. We keep track of our extensive physical media collection through My Movies, which we highly recommend. You can find links to that, as well as other places you can find us in the show notes. Cellulose Free is a High Hello production. We don't need to wait until next week to know how long it is. I can tell you how long it is. It's two hours and 40 minutes. (sighs) About as long as this podcast. (laughs) Now, hold on there. We're not quite from Rewatch with Love. (laughs) One hour and six. Ay, ay, ay. That'll cut under an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. You mongrel. (laughs) Uh. How bizarre.
Every time I look around, every time I look around, it's in my face. Okay. Um, okay. Are you ready? For some some value of ready, yes. Sure. <laughs> Good. Just make sure you don't blow into the microphone. I hate you. <laughs> There's... <laughs> oh, you did it. See? There's... So you're going to have to twist the microphone just a little bit. Twist. Not towards you, away from... Oh, that's right. Yours doesn't twist, does it? See, my mine twists very easily, and I can't tighten it. There's an essay on Wikipedia uh, titled Don't Stuff Beans Up Your Nose, uh, which talks about how counterproductive it is to tell people not to do specific things, <laughs> because it will give them ideas. Good. Right. For example... Don't blow into the microphone. Yes, yeah. I, I, hmm. Anyway, 